Welcome to Young Creative Hustlers, a podcast for artists who want to learn ways to make a living by what they love to do. I'm Josh Williams, a musician and filmmaker, among other things, and I'm looking to do the same. Join me on my journey as I talk with other creatives and share my story about how to be a young creative hustler. Hey, it's Josh here. Welcome to episode four of Young Creative Hustlers. Hope you guys have been enjoying these first few episodes so far. And on today's episode, I got to interview Maria Grace. Um, She's a photographer and digital marketer. And it's funny, I met her at a wedding and we have to be sitting at the same table and we started talking about what we did for a living and she started talking about her photography business and how she approached it as a business. And I was like, yo, gotta interview her one of these days. And so when I launched the podcast, I was like, yo, gotta get her on the show. So it was a pleasure sitting to talk with her. You're going to pick up some really good tips on what you can do if you're looking to grow a photography business or suggest some things that you can apply to your own um, creative business in general. So here's my interview with Maria Grace. Thank you for having me. It's my first podcast ever. So hope to make you guys proud. (laughs) Awesome. That's great. Um, So Maria, tell me a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So right now I'm doing two different things for my main job. I own a business called Maria Grace LLC. And on one side, I'm a wedding and portrait photographer. And on the other side, I'm an online marketing expert who helps small businesses achieve ridiculous marketing success. So they're different, but similar in that both sides of the business require a lot of online marketing, whether that comes down to social media or search engine optimization, or even down to press releases and just getting the word out there that way. Oh, awesome. So you got the double side. You got the double guns right there. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So how did you get into like this world of photography and social media marketing? Yeah, so I had always thought about being a photographer. Um, Thought I was really cool with my first digital point and shoot camera. I think it was like six megapixels. And I really thought that was awesome at the time. (laughs) Um, And now my phone's like twice that. Um, so I just thought about it for a long time and I just really didn't want to make the jump to invest money in buying good equipment. Mm -hmm. And so really it was my husband who did that. So one day I showed up at work, um, just to eat lunch with him and he had bought me my first semi-professional camera and said, go run after your dreams. And so from there I started, um, just tagging along on weddings with other people. And at the same time, I was working in the marketing field at a nonprofit. And so I really have never advertised my marketing business. I haven't marketed it that much, Mm -hmm. Um, but I just kind of got clients through word of mouth because I was already doing marketing. And so somebody would come and say, hey, I see you're doing the marketing for this nonprofit. Can you help me out? And it just kind of grew from there. Okay. So you said um, you were tagging along in weddings and you were kind of gleaning from other people. So were they kind of like mentoring you or is it what, how did that work? Um, It was really people who were just gracious to give me a chance to be like a second photographer at a wedding. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the first wedding I ever second shot, honestly, when I think back on it, I can't believe I kept doing weddings because it was the (laughs) craziest experience. I mean, I I don't even know. It just, it was insane. Um, and me and the photographer, who was the main one who had booked it, we didn't really know what we were doing and we didn't know how to coordinate image delivery and who yeah. should do what. And at the end, I was like, where do I send my pictures? And she said, I think you can just send them to the bride. And it's definitely not how it usually works. Um, but she was just very gracious towards me. And so 
I would just kind of ask for opportunities and not require a lot of payment. Um, so I didn't have one particular mentor, but I definitely had a lot of people who helped me along the way. So when you when your husband bought you that camera, was that kind of like the moment that you knew you wanted to make a career out of it? Or is it was it kind of like um, a gradual thing as that happened? I loved my full-time job at the time. So I kind of envisioned photography always being a side gig. Mm -hmm. um, I just really loved what I was doing. And so I just thought I can do weddings on the side and keep doing what I love. And then a lot of aspects of that job changed over the years. And eventually it came down to one, I guess, fateful day um, where I won't go into a ton of details, but I felt like they treated me very unfairly. Mm -hmm. And I was really upset and I was talking to my husband about it and I, I was crying, um, which I don't do a lot, but <laughs> it really just kicked me in the gut. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm really upset and I, I think they treated me unfairly, but I'm going to take this and I'm going to make it the best thing that happened to me. Yeah. Um, and about... Two months later on my birthday, this was intentional, I walked in and turned in my two weeks notice and mm -hmm. I have been in my business for six years. I've been full time for three and a half years. Okay. So in those initial days, um, I, I want to talk specifically about the photography side, um, but in those initial days, what was it like to build um, that business? It was a lot of work and a lot of doing things very slowly, um, things that now take me no time at all, like editing used to take me a lot longer. It was a lot of late nights and early mornings, and I would take my lunches and go work as much as I could. And um, I just kind of tried to fit work in between the cracks in my life. Mm -hmm. And I really focused on that um, as much as I could. And as it grew, I put in more and more and more time, but I started enjoying it more. Yeah. And so it it never felt difficult to spend my free time building a business. Hmm. So what's step one? What if somebody wants to build their own photography business, what is step one? I think just really learning to love photography, learning to shoot in manual mode, you know, making all the adjustments yourself mm -hmm. and just kind of falling in love with the visual aspect of it. Because at the end of the day, if you're brand new or even if you're 10 years down the road and you're having, you're struggling with booking clients or there's a bad client that you have, or maybe you're, you know, something on the back end, your taxes come back and you're, it was something you didn't expect. You're going to have a lot of bumps along the road. And so mm -hmm. if you don't really fall in love and get good at the core part of it, which is photography, mm -hmm. then you're going to struggle even more when other things are going wrong because you kind of don't have a thing to fall back on. You don't have that passion and that love for what you're doing. Right. That's good. So on that, so that's the, you know, build the skills and get passionate about what you're doing. And I remember when we were at um, Mike's wedding, we had talked about um, that a lot of people don't focus on the business side. So mm -hmm. uh, besides obviously having, building up those skills, how do you build up the business side? Like how do you go after clients and how should you be presenting yourself? Yeah, I think that's really different for everyone. I think for me, I've always said that the administrative side came a little bit easier than the creative side. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever I say that, people kind of laugh me off because they see where I am today. But where I started out, <laughs> I mean, I look back at my pictures, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you for having faith in me. I just really appreciate my early clients because I really wasn't that good. <laughs> but I was always on time. Mm. I always looked professional. 
I always made sure my finances were in order. And if that is not your bent, because not everyone, that's not everyone's bent. There's a lot of people that are far more talented at the creative side that are far better at photography that just pick that up naturally. If you can't do the other side, then hire someone to help you, whether that's hiring a CPA or just getting someone to come in and kind of sending your files in order, um, helping you, you know, if they're a virtual assistant or something like that, helping Mm -hmm. you deliver things on time, making sure you're tracking your deadlines. Just bring in help because if you start falling behind on all that other stuff, no matter how ridiculously talented you are, that's not going to carry you long term and it's not going to make you profitable, which is what you need to run a good business. What ways have you found clients the easiest or what's been successful for you to get, you know, return business or just get new clients? Yeah, so my two biggest referral methods are from word of mouth from clients. And that comes back, I think, to just having good systems in place. So again, making sure that I not only meet deadlines, but I always meet them early. So people are always surprised how fast they get their pictures back. Um, Just really having positive interactions along the way and just throwing in some extra things. So I always help them build their timelines and I give them advice. And on the wedding day, I'm just always looking for how I can go above and beyond and not just stand there silently. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really sarcastic. And so I (laughs) connect really well with clients that are. And so I'll be joking and we'll be laughing on the wedding day. And the bridal party is always a little bit surprised at uh, my sarcasm, especially at that point, I'm usually pretty tired. (laughs) Um, So as far as word of mouth, that's what I've really focused on. And then the other top referral for me has always been my website. Um, Mm. I got into search engine optimization really early on. I don't know why. I just, I love it and I nerd out on it and I could talk about it for hours. And so I've just been plugging away on my website. And finally, one day I would check every once in a while to see where it was. And one day I checked and it was on page one of Google and I literally took a screenshot. I was like, I made it. I made it. (laughs) Um, And that's still true. So many people have found me online because of the blogs I've written, because of all the really boring backend stuff I've done. That's really just paid off over time. Mm, So you said you, you write blogs. Is that another way for, is that one of your SEO tricks? Yeah, for sure. I definitely look at blogging a lot differently now. Um, I can get into the weeds on that if you want, but sure, I've always... Sure, totally go for it. Okay, well, so when I first started out, blogging was definitely very personal, um, and it has stayed personal. I, I continue to tell stories about our adoption, which was a huge way that people connected with me through my mm-hmm. blog, and I was never trying to sell photography with like, my kid or something. But I just wanted to allow people to connect with me on a personal level. And that's how a lot of people know me because it's kind of a unique voice. So blogging has always been personal, but it used to be really, I mean, I would talk about the dinners we ate and things I was currently doing and how my business was growing. And then, of course, I would always um, write blogs about the weddings I shot or the portrait sessions I shot. Um, And now the world is a little bit different. The online world, there's just a lot more noise and a lot more blogs. Yeah. out there. And I've also become a lot more strategic. So right now when I write blogs, it takes longer because I'm doing keyword research ahead of time. I'm right. really trying to optimize it for what people are searching for. And I'm yeah. really strategically writing the blog in the first place to mm. mention, you know, certain venues or locations or, um, you know, one of my biggest blogs is I wrote about my maid of honor speech that I gave for my sister. Mm-hmm. And man, that just all the time, it's like an evergreen post because people are looking for a maid of honor speech. 
Um, so just, I'm a lot more strategic about it and it's a lot more business oriented and I add in personal versus it used to be very personal and every once in a while I've thrown something business related. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned that you, one thing that clients are looking for, a lot of clients are looking for is like fast turnarounds. Um, what systems do you use to like basically achieve that? Um, I, I think other people are better at using editing systems than me. There's a lot of people who <laughs> use a lot of programs and I just don't. So I, I use Lightroom and honestly, I just work really hard and kind of put other stuff aside. Mm -hmm. Um, so I always try to deliver a wedding within two weeks when I say four weeks. I can often, I often can deliver it in four days, but I usually hold out just a little bit to make sure everything is good to go on my end. Yeah. Um, and I also don't want to, I want to deliver weddings in a consistent time frame. So I always try to shoot for within two weeks. So if I'm giving all these people their weddings in three days and then they refer me, and then that referral, you know, oh, something comes up that week no, or something is no. crazy and I don't give it in three days and that looks bad, even though I said four weeks. So I've always tried to say, you know, probably after a week, but before the second week is when I deliver. And I've been able to do that just by putting my head down and working, honestly. That is, that is a good tip. Uh, consistency and setting those expectations right. Yeah, I, I, I feared there are other people. I heard about one wedding photographer who would deliver all the images the next day man, that made me nervous. I mean, good for them. I think they got rave reviews from it, but yeah. they also didn't sleep that night and yeah. um, they couldn't take a wedding the next day and they just had to set really strict parameters and I was never willing to do that. So, Right. Because I think the key is to try to make it sustainable and it's very hard to sure. keep that type of rigorous routine. Right, right. Hey, real quick, I wanted to spotlight an awesome podcast by two friends of mine, Leela and Beth. They have a podcast called Both and. And basically, it's two biracial women dedicated to giving a voice to the multiracial experience in America. It's been really cool to get insight from people that live in this world. And um, if you're biracial or if you're interested in learning more about what it's like and living that experience, you need to check out this podcast. Also, my song, Convince Me, is actually featured on the show. Um, so make sure you check it out. Both and podcast with Beth and Leela. Love the show. Um, so do you, I know some photographers that I've seen, um, this is not joking them at all, but sometimes it looks like all their images kind of look the same in particular mm -hmm. for, for weddings. Do you think it's good to have those templates because that's what your clients are look for, looking for, or do you like making a unique look for each project? Um, so my answer would be yes. Basically <laughs> it comes down to, I think there's some things that are going to look very similar. People can only cut the cake in so many ways. You're not going to create <laughs> some magical moment. Every, I mean, every once in a while, they're going to be real goofy or something like that. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think the last wedding I shot, I got the bride looking off the groom. That was unique. Um, yeah. So every once in a while, you get a funny moment like that. But that, again, is coming down to the personality of the bride and groom. So my goal is not to go in and make every shot unique because you just, you just can't. There's just yeah. some things that look the same. The family mm -hmm. portraits. If you get too creative with those, they're going to hate them. Right. You know, you want everyone not blinking and smiling and looking at the camera. So the area where I really try to make it unique is the bride and groom portraits, especially because I think it really should reflect their unique personality. And so mm -hmm. I will give a general direction 
without giving a formal pose. So I might say like, hug each other really tight. And some people are going to, who are a little bit more introverted, it might be kind of romantic, soft moment. And other people, a lot of my clients are real goofy and, you know, might start tickling each other or laughing or, you know, just do something ridiculous. And so I'm helping them look their best. And I'm not just saying like, all right, interact with each other. But (laughs) I'm not saying, all right, like move your hand two inches down and, you know, do this and making them completely stiff by the time I actually take the picture. That is very true. Good point. Um, So here's a question for you. Master of none or master of one. Um, And I'll explain. Basically, I, I see, you know, different people that either have a whole lot of photography services that they offer versus mm-hmm. others that just focus on one thing like like wedding photography or family portraits. Do you think there's advantages of offering multiple services or just trying to master one and becoming like the leader in that market? So I'll actually challenge that a little bit because oh, okay. I had I I think especially with the creative arts we want to be all like mystical and like not pull the curtain back. And so I'm going to be honest, if you go to my website, you see weddings and engagement sessions and a little bit of family pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have taken pictures of so many things in my life, a military retirement. I've done a few um, homecomings where the you know guy on the Navy ship is coming home and um, random events. I, I shot a different retirement party that was like really dark. I had no idea how to use my flash. Pictures weren't great, but they were happy with it. You know, that was one of those starting out. And so I do a whole lot more than I'm going to show. So when people (gasps) look at what I show, they say, you do weddings, you do engagements. Yeah. And for a long time, I had a lot of pride in like, oh, I would turn down X, Y, or Z. And Mm -hmm. over time, I've realized, yeah, but you know, if people are going to pay me enough to make it worth it, then yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't need every job to be a dream job. And so there are definitely some people who really do turn other jobs down Yeah, and that is fine for them. And a lot of times it's because they're so busy with the one thing that they just don't have time for the other, mm-hmm. but a lot more people than you think do a lot of things and they'll say, Oh yeah, I shot this. I hate, I hate doing senior pictures, but you know, <laughs> they can do it, it well and so it's much. fine. So they're not going to, Exactly. And and at the end of the day, right. You have to, you have to worry more about, um, are you running a good business than your pride? And that's something I definitely learned the hard way because my pride kept me from doing a lot of projects. And now I'm like, sure, I'll do it. If you pay me what I believe is fair, then I'm in. Yeah. And I think also you're marketing yourself as those things. So it's not like people are going to get confused if you shot that thing, but but you're only pushing out what you really want to focus on. Right. So speaking of, if it's worth, you know, worth it to you, how do you decide how much to charge, which is probably one of the most controversial (laughs) or confusing questions to ask, but how do you, how do you come up with those figures for you? Um, I have the logical side and then the gut side. So on the logical side, I know, my hourly rate for one photographer and I know my hourly rate for two photographers. And so in general, that's what I will give. However, um, let's say someone, and this has happened before, let's say someone contacts me and they're getting married within two weeks and they have a smaller budget and it's on a weekday and I'm not booked that day. I, again, this is kind of going back to the pride. There's a lot of people who would say, know your worth, 
stick with it. Don't mm-hmm. ever charge less than what you think you're worth. Yeah. But I've also been there as a budget bride too. And so from my view, there's two things. I do want to help people and I do want to serve people. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, I'm not booked on that Thursday. So <laughs> sure, I can say no and I can feel great. Like, oh, I stuck with my guns and I know what I'm worth and I yeah. will make no money that day. And that's what I'll be worth that day, monetarily, not overall. Yeah, But if you know your worth to the point where you're turning down money just because you're so prideful in in that dollar amount, and I, I have definitely turned down jobs because their budget's too low. I don't, I don't want to say you take anything and everything, Mm. but I'm willing to bend and flex a little bit because I understand there's some things that people are asking you to basically break and say, I can only pay you $100 for an eight-hour wedding day. Uh, not going to happen. Like, uh, you know, I normally charge 3000 That just wouldn't work. But if it's two weeks away and they want to pay me $25 per hour less than I would normally charge, I would mm-hmm. probably say yes, as long as they're nice. If they're mean, it's not worth it. Oh, yeah. Very true. Um, what are some other skills that for shot photographers should be learning and that you think, you know, someone may not think of. I, I really think marketing is a big thing um, and just doing things for the long term. Um, so a lot of people, I think with, with a lot of things, not just photography or even business, but just kind of go out of the gate. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it all the way. And the way they do it is not sustainable. And you see that, Um, when people start exercising for the first time or start a diet or start a business or even, you know, pick up a hobby. They're like, all right, every week I'm going to practice guitar for 10 hours a week. And for some people they can do that. And for some it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just looking at everything with a long-term lens, and I know that's a hard skill that you can learn, but just being a little patient and kind of taking a step back and saying like, all right, if I want to be doing this in a year or five years or 10 years, I need to set myself up well now. And again, that might be hiring someone that might be taking a class before your mm-hmm. first wedding. Okay. Um, that might be shadowing a whole bunch of people. You'll know where you're lacking or you know what? You can ask somebody and as hard as it is, be humble enough to accept their advice when they say, I think you really need to work on this um, and then yeah. just work on that or find somebody to help you out. Yeah. For, do you ever make like outbounds like, Hey, I would love to do your wedding or stuff like that. Do you ever make those type of messages or calls? I have never, I want to make sure I'm accurate when I say this. I don't think I have ever made like a cold call like that. Um, I've definitely, when people get engaged on Facebook that I know, I've definitely commented and said congratulations. And I truly do mean that, but Mm -hmm. being a business person, there's always like the little part of you. (laughs) Maybe they'll see it and book me. Um, So I do that kind of thing. Right. But I'm not going to say congratulations. I would love to shoot your wedding. You know, that just feels so use car salesmen to me and again there's <laughs> other people that do that and that's fine i'm not judging what they do but i mm-hmm. cannot do that authentically and i would just feel so so strange about it and i actually do know of another person who has done that to somebody i knew and they were really turned off by it and that just uh, kind of affirmed like okay yeah i, I don't need to be doing that um mm-hmm. and one one of the coolest stories that i have about not doing that is that we had a family member get engaged. This was years and years ago. 
Um, she got engaged and I had no idea that she was going to ask me to shoot her wedding. Um, she's not like a real, real close family member. Mm-hmm. And so a few weeks after she got engaged, she contacted me and we met and she was like, all right, like, where do I need to sign? I'll give you the deposit. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I wasn't even ready for that. So she booked me. And then after she booked me, she said one of her other friends was a photographer and immediately reached out to her like, Hey, I would love to shoot your wedding. I'd love to shoot your wedding. She's like, I, she said, first of all, I didn't really love that. You know, mm-hmm. like let me decide. I know you're a photographer. And she said, secondly, I knew from the day I was engaged that it was going to be you. And so it didn't, matter if 10 other people contacted me it was going to be you um, and that was just again a confirmation of I want to get clients who view me as a person and not as a, not as a transaction and I think when you sell yourself as a transaction and the times that I have done that I think that's when you get clients that you just don't vibe well with and you kind of walk away with a bad taste in your mouth yeah wow that's deep um, any last minute tips for photographers who are just starting out and they want to grow just have fun I I think it's just really easy to get so serious about everything and see everything is make or break and um, I mean I've cried tears over not booking something when this other person did but just enjoy it you don't know where the journey is going to take you I am somewhere completely different than I thought when I started out and I've had really big struggles and really big successes and you just need to learn to enjoy the ride and just, I think I said this a few times, just be humble, just be willing to accept advice, be willing to admit your mistakes in a private, safe setting if you need to, um, and learn from them. And don't think that you know it all, even after you've been in it five or 10 years, because you can always be learning. And I know I am. Awesome. Maria Grace, thank you so much. Pleasure having you thank on the show. Thank you. Yeah, this was so much fun. I really appreciate it. Where can everyone find you? Um, you can go to my website, which is mariagracellc.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. Right now, I'm still Maria Grace Photography. And yeah, I think those are the two big places you can find me. Awesome, guys. Make sure you check her out. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Young Creative Hustlers. I hope you enjoyed the first batch of episodes so far. I'm going to be coming out with the next episode soon. I plan on doing it either, you know, every two weeks or once a month. I haven't decided yet, so we will see. But if you enjoyed this podcast, just please leave a five star review and just share it with a friend who you think might need it. If you have any questions, just email me at youngcreativehustlers at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you guys. Thanks for listening.